are you going to be anyway? I asked the quiet girl with salt water in her ears. I'm going to be a spy, Corinne replied, with all the confidence she could muster. Years later, the suit showed up at school to do a background check for her security clearance. Things got interesting. Well, hello, this is Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis. And this episode is called Storied. And I get some help from my friend John Jordan, who lends his voice to a reading from Tending to the Past. Many thanks, John. Many thanks. You know, when she graduated high school, Corinne left her beloved beach town and headed to Gainesville, earning a bachelor's degree in Russian and political science from the University of Florida, and then a master's in national security from Georgetown. Corinne didn't go the spy route, though. Instead, she's a special agent with the Bureau of Diplomatic Security within the Department of State. She began her career as a federal agent at the New York field office, running protective details for two secretaries of state, the Dalai Lama and Prince Charles. She went on to work on counterintelligence issues for the department in Beijing, then served several years in both India and Algeria. Corinne responded to the Mumbai terrorist attacks in 2008, where six Americans were killed. She was the first federal law enforcement officer on site and was later awarded the Women in Federal Law Enforcement Julie Y. Cross Award for her role in the response and subsequent investigation of the attacks. Corinne is currently assigned to the National Joint Terrorism Task Force as a liaison officer for the State Department. She is married to a fellow Floridian. Bill also served the department in embassies abroad. They have three beagles with international passports and a dream home in Melbourne Beach where they look forward to eventual retirement. There are others you know, thousands. One is an architect living in China, the country of her birth. There's a captain in the United States Air Force, a lead singer in a band, the owner of a hardware store, a surgeon in a Brooklyn emergency room. There are mothers and fathers, firefighters and police officers, United States Marines, baseball, football, soccer, and golf coaches, graduates of the Naval Academy in West Point. Another is a lawyer for victims of human trafficking. And then there's the professional surfer, a physician who volunteered in a small town in Appalachia, and the only skateboarding professor of history in America. Some are teachers that work right alongside me, one an army veteran who earned his master's and PhD, but still teaches high school kids right down the hall. And then there's that saxophone player traveling the country playing in jazz clubs. Others are in medical school and law school. An Australian kid is writing his dissertation on the politics of Scotland. One is a DNA crime lab analyst who may love baseball more than I do. There are engineers, finance managers, judicial clerks, preachers, college athletes, and artists. One who lives deep in the Maine woods. A former professional baseball player moved back home to raise a family and teach the game to teenagers. There's an art teacher who volunteered to teach in Ecuador and spent five years learning Spanish so she could. One is a global health activist, a country music DJ, an announcer for a national hockey league team. There are magazine and newspaper editors, English teachers and writers who have returned to lead me through this wilderness. Some are adoptive parents, environmental activists, pro football players, one's a brick mason, Another is an antique furniture collector. 
There's a Navy and Merchant Marine veteran. There are postal workers, librarians, nonprofit fundraisers, a veterinarian who studied on St. Kitts in the Caribbean, an orthopedic foot and ankle physician, and a pilot who once used my Woody Guthrie story to get a date. One is a lawyer who works out of her home so she can be with her kids. There's a bartender, a ballet dancer, a nurse practitioner, and a volunteer at the Early Intervention Center. Another gave up the teaching profession to become the youth director at his church. Many of them have their pictures on the wall. Oh, did I mention the wall? It's a massive collage of hundreds of students' faces amongst family, friends, and other favorite people. It all started about 15 years ago when the roof leaked and I had a bunch of damaged drywall. I needed to cover it somehow, and as time passed, the wall took on a life of its own. All tangled up with an inordinate number of pictures of dogs and grandchildren hang artifacts and treasures from once and former students. There's a piece of birch bark brought to me by a girl from her New England vacation. She's a nurse now and a triathlete living in South Florida. She used to bring me lunch now and then during her college days. One meal she brought to school included a cool beverage, but that's another story. There's a t-shirt and a pair of batting gloves hanging up there and a painting of Hemingway brought to me from Cuba from my, by my favorite Auburn Tiger. She also brought me a box of cigars on her return from her church mission. They were taken by customs, but somehow she showed up in Melbourne with one and I was obliged to destroy the evidence slowly, very slowly. There's Tom Petty, Alice Paul, and Marcus Garvey. Bob Dylan and Thomas Jefferson are up there with Buddy Holly and 9-11 firefighters. Barry Goldwater and Elvis Costello, Jacqueline Kennedy, Muddy Waters, and a Save the Everglades poster. John Wayne's up there along with Cesar Chavez, Carl Hyacin, and Ray Charles. Don't forget the Rolling Stones, Susan B. Anthony, Bob Marley, A. Bartlett, Giamatti, and Joan Baez. Then there is Gandhi, Dave Matthews, and Hillary Clinton. Bruce Springsteen is on there and a Pittsburgh Steeler bumper sticker. And how about Woody Guthrie and Dwight Eisenhower, Martin Luther King and R.E. Lee and Tim Tebow, Einstein, Denzel Washington, Robert Duvall, Willie Nelson, Che Guevara, and Malcolm X. Mostly there are students, scholars, athletes, debutantes, and Eagle Scouts. They are now surgeons, soldiers, pastors, and fishermen, auto mechanics, psychologists, and physical therapists, authors of children's books, and yoga instructors. I have a mantra, I'm not even sure where I got it. I've been saying it so long I can't remember. The spirit of liberty doesn't imply that each person will do great things, only that he or she will do their own things. Not all the stories have happy endings. There are divorces and bankruptcies and incarcerations, and there have been far too many losses of those serving in the military. Still, I'm humbled by their achievements and inspired by their resilience. The right to pursue happiness is a mystifying proposition. It's the essential phrase in Jefferson's work. For if that chase is waged with integrity and accountability, then we all benefit in some way from each other's pursuits. I try to keep up with as many former students as I can. Email and Facebook have been blessings when it comes to staying in touch. Yes, there are countless flaws with the social media, plenty of narcissism and superficiality to go around. But on the other hand, such networks and windows into people's lives are windows into people's lives. If we look closely at the flashes of life, it can affirm so much of Jefferson's claim that free people make the best of all possible worlds. These stories board off the misconception that I am down here in Florida living out some commonplace existence and promoting such assumptions among my kids. In fact, I expect extraordinary things from my students because time and again, they amaze me. Surprise me? No. Amaze me? Hell yes. They prove that they can rise out of ordinary conditions, 
for extraordinarily bad ones and do remarkable deeds. But few walk into high school realizing that. Many have been showered with false praise and hollow rewards. They woke up on third base, as the saying goes. And then there's others who have been simply ignored. Either way, they cannot see within themselves quite yet. And I have been known to grow intolerant with their blindness. But then the light comes on for a kid, and I am thrilled to the core. My withering rants and blistering sermons quickly melt away, and again, I'm the grandfather asking them, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to be? Of course, Whitman tells them over and over that the powerful play goes on, and each of them may write a verse. Constitution, said a father of three. I believe in justice, and I hate bullies. Criminal defense is the right place for me. Another started her own business from scratch while still in college. She makes all of her own products, graphics, and marketing materials. Of course, she donates a portion of the Children's Miracle Network. And if that wasn't enough, she helps run a dance marathon to raise funds and awareness for Shan's Children's Hospital. One brilliant young lawyer and mother balances billable hours and ballet recitals. One lives like a gypsy and was kidnapped in Peru. Another delayed entry into medical school just to work with Teach for America. She has spent much of her undergraduate years working at a domestic abuse shelter and then spent two years teaching and learning from eighth graders in an underserved area of North Carolina. She has since returned to medical school at Georgetown. One former student did a thesis on the effects of mass media on body image in young women, while a sophomore intern with a Los Angeles film company created a short film about the tendency to blame the victim in sexual assault cases. Because rape is so common on college campuses, the video became popular all over. Oh, by the way, she's attending the University of Florida on a Lombardi scholarship, which pays tuition and sends her on leadership and character building trips each summer. So far, she's lived in Mexico and learned about Mayan culture, in South Africa, learning about its history and the lingering effects of apartheid, and this summer she's headed to Peru to rebuild a church community center. After earning two degrees, one champion soccer player founded his own company, a lifestyle brand that focuses on individual and small group athletic training. In his spare time, in his spare time, he serves, plays guitar, and coaches soccer at his alma mater. Some are already writing their own verses, sleeping in hammocks in the jungle, swimming in a lagoon below waterfalls, and hiking the Incan Trail, only to realize that after all, this Melbourne Beach is one of their favorite places in the entire world. She's the one who spent five years becoming fluent in Spanish so she could teach poor kids in South America. There are quite a few who feel the calling to write and they have a special place in my heart. A few have taken that far beyond. One young man who was a well-read person even when he was back in high school has developed a lifestyle based on the traditions and concepts of the Rastafari. I stand with the kings of Ethiopia, he said. 
Not only has this young man become one with the ocean and the earth, he has taken to growing his own food and showing others how to do the same. Some have fallen in love. Others have had their hearts broken. Some are still searching. There's a professional surfing champion who volunteers 400 to 500 hours at her son's school and still finds time to draw. She's currently illustrating her own book. And how about the account executive for Google who coordinates charity for New York City public schools? Another is a traveling nanny for five years, but now has her own daughter and it's a whole different ballgame. She believes she was made for motherhood. Somehow finds time to be an avid seamstress, painter, loom weaver, gardener, and yogi. Who studies topics ranging from science and philosophy to Eastern and Chinese medicine. Once survived dengue fever, climbed the Andes Mountains and waded to her chest in the swamps of the Amazon jungle. She dived 90 feet under the Caribbean Sea, held tarantulas, kissed butterflies, played with dolphins in the Mediterranean, swam side by side with sharks in the Pacific, ziplined over canyons, and jumped off waterfalls. Oh, and she just returned from a father-daughter trip to Spain to find her roots. I heard a holy man say once that a teacher had the privilege of trying to get others to ask the right questions. I don't know, maybe. What's your story, my dad liked to ask anyone he happened across. There's so many more to share. I guess telling your story is a good way of looking in the mirror and asking yourself what's important. The priest went on to speak of giving, giving of ourselves, describing love not simply as an emotion, but as an activity. If you try to hold on to your life, he said, quoting Jesus, you'll lose it. If you give it away, you'll never run out. This is Jim McGinnis, Fair Winds. What's your story? Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis, wishing you fair winds. Thank you.